Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Yeah, here I am. <laughs> Just like that. How you doing? Welcome to the show. It is uh, July 22nd for anybody who's keeping track. Uh, I never do. I never know what day it is. I never know what the date is. Sometimes I'm even a little flummoxed about what year it is. But that's just uh, the state of my deteriorating gray matter. So um, I, I just want to start with something that just confused me and continues to confuse me and something I read today and I can't quite get it out of my head. Um, I don't know that it's good journalism when you read a story and you're left with so many questions and 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 really very little information. Uh, my understanding is that a story is supposed to do, you know, tell you who, what, where, why, <laughs> all those W's. And this story didn't tell me why which is the biggest it begs. It was a front page story in the local rag, the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. And it was about a private school <clears throat> in Swickley. Uh, actually, the Swickley Academy is what it is. And, and I read it quickly. I don't have it in front of me, but what I derived from it was that the top administration, the uh, the head of the whatever, the upper school, the head of the middle school, the head of the this school, the that, all of the major, it seems, administrators have uh, left or been fired or quit. Or I'm, I'm not quite sure what that, but they ain't there. And this seems to involve the board, and it seems to involve a parent group that was formed. And it seems to involve, although nobody flat out said it, critical effing race theory. I don't think those terms were even in the story. But there was all these vague mentions of uh, diversity and uh, education and uh, parental concerns and and I am left if anybody knows more than that would you please let me know um, I, I'm serious um, I uh, Ryan Dito uh, tells me that the same thing um, is apparently going on at Quaker Valley, which is, is that pretty much next door? Quaker Valley and Swickley are pretty much in the same part of town, right? And and there you have uh, a parental group organized, putting, packing up uh, leaflets at the grocery store, decrying critical race theory, giving the phone numbers of all the board members. Do you want your children taught, you know, th that their country is a, 
is a horrible place. Um, it, it is just bizarre. So I, I, I just, if anybody knows more, first of all, critical race theory is not being taught in any of these schools. <laughs> this is one of those crazed Republican fueled uh, conspiracy theories, essentially, that's really grabbed a hold of the attention of so many people. I would argue people who seem to be incapable of coming to terms with the real history of of this country. I just what they they want to believe that it is just the lilliest whitest literally in every way shape and form nation on earth. God's country. Did you know God was an American? Well, I can damn well tell you you betcha he is. And it is a he. And he's a heterosexual too. Good God in heaven. So anyway, uh, I'm just flagging that for you because I want to know more. And uh, if anyone knows anybody over at the PG, could we have a little more uh, uh, information when you put something on the front page with just all this sort of innuendo and confusion of what I mean, uh, a pretty, you know, it's a big, expensive private school. You don't just up and half the Half the administration is gone overnight. Uh, something's up, something big. And I think it's something political, obviously. And something a little crazy. So if anybody knows more, let me know, because I am curious, to say the least. Um. There's a story I've been wanting to share with you for, I don't know, weeks now. And it keeps sort of in the course of the uh, kind of, uh, you know, meandering of this program. It, it keeps sort of just getting pushed away and pushed away. And yet I find it fascinating. So whether or not you do or not, I'm finally, I promised it and myself that I would give it some airtime uh, today. Um, it has to do with something that I'm sure that all of you have experienced some anxiety and or stress about. And, and it has to do with those expiration labels on your food. I remember once going through my my uh, pantry, I don't have a pantry, uh, with my uh, kitchen cupboard, right? And I, and taking out cans and looking at the dates. And man, it was unbelievable. I can't remember now, but I mean, some of them, some of these cans uh, had been obviously in my, uh, in my possession for like 15 years. <laughs> and because the, the expiration dates were like 15 years ago, man, I'm tossing stuff. I'm like, God Almighty, yeah, fui, woof, woof, woof. And then, in fact, the other day, I was I took some uh, little thing of yogurt out of my out of the refrigerator, and I thought, ooh, I think this has been in there a while. Let me take a look. And I looked, 
sometimes it takes a while to find where the thing is printed. And there it was. It said 6.30.21. Well, it's 7.22.21 right now. So this baby is expired. And I really had a hankering for some salted caramel yogurt. But I thought, I can't eat that. I mean, I could die. You know what? I'm holding it now. I didn't throw it out. And I was thinking, I'll eat it right now on the show and show you that I'm not going to die. Because these labels, these labels that can say, uh, you know, best by this date or expired on that date, um, guess what? They don't mean much of anything. And they are not in any way gospel, nor Will you get sick if you eat this stuff? But we have become so, I guess, consumed with uh, not wanting to consume things that may in fact have expired lest we expire that we toss food out. Now we toss food out. Americans waste so much food; it's 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 beyond comprehension. In a world where some people are starving, in a country where many are food insecure, forty percent of the food in this country ends up in a landfill. Now think of all. Actually, the water. Just think of the water that was required to produce that food. Gone. Wasted. At a time when water is going to become the new oil or gold. The average American family, here are the stats. Some people will figure this kind of stuff out. Throws away $2,000 worth of food a year, most of which could be eaten without any harm and, in fact, tasting fine. Obviously, environmentally, it's really bad as well. So that the amount of wasted food in our landfills is higher than it has ever, ever been. In fact, there's a 50% increase in the food that Americans throw out uh, since uh, 1974. And the reality is, is that nobody is governing these expiration dates. There's no, there's no federal rules. Some states have rules, 
But these expiration dates that suggest to me and to you that the food is no longer safe to eat or even edible and must be tossed is simply not true. These are really not expiration dates at all. And all they lead to is obviously wasted food, wasted revenue, wasted money. So if I get one thing through to you, stop throwing things out because of whatever you want to call these labels, freshness labels or, or, or whatever. And, and remember this, the animal that you are, the human animal, has senses. And these senses are there to protect us as we make our way through life. Your sense of smell your sense of taste. And you know how you know if a food isn't good? Smell it. Trust your nose, not an expiration date. There is nothing standardized about these labels. Um, they are as haphazard um, and absurd a system as ever existed. And I would argue that in large part what they are is a way for grocery stores <laughs> to make more money. We buy stuff from them, then we forget they're in the refrigerator, then we look at a label, we toss them out, and we go buy some more. And then invariably, uh, some of the whatever we've replaced it with, we end up throwing out as well. So those labels that say best buy or sell buy, what the hell does that mean? I remember every time I look at a sell buy one, it's often on the meats I buy. Sell buy. Well, is the, okay, so if it's after the sell buy date, well, that, so what is the calculation of how much time, how many days do you have to, after the sell-by date, do you have to consume it without killing yourself, right? These are the calculations that we're making. Best by this date, sell by that date. And there is no consistency whatsoever in the food industry, the reality is most packaged foods are perfectly fine for weeks, even months past that date that you're seeing. Ain't going to kill you. Maybe it won't be quite as crunchy as it was supposed to be or whatever, but it is not going to kill you. Now, there are some exceptions, obviously. Deli meats, deli salads, um, eggs, 
you you know you know if an egg is fresh yeah put it in a little glass of water and if it floats throw it out it's supposed to sink milk if it smells okay it's okay but most of us i think you just look at the label and pff, that's it and I just started, I think this is just a great scam. A really incredible scam. And it's it's the result, obviously, of our consumerist culture where we toss so much stuff. We are the most wasteful of people. You know, you see a little mold on your bread. After I read this this article, I went to make myself a sandwich and I saw that there was a little, little green spot on the bread that I was going to make the sandwich with. I thought, oh no, it's moldy. And I checked a few other slices and I saw little bits of mold and I thought, wait a minute, you just read that article. First of all, the mold's not going to kill you. Second of all, take that little piece of mold off if it's bothering you so much and eat the rest of it. So I, over the last, I don't know, week, I consumed that moldy loaf of bread. It was fine. It tasted fine. Maybe it would have tasted better if I'd eaten it a little bit sooner, but it was fine. And, you know, there are laws. This is how crazy this is. There are laws in states that forbid, like, uh, charities or, or anybody from giving food to, let's say, a food bank or a food, you know, a, a soup kitchen if it's beyond the expiration date, even though we know that that food is okay. You know, um, we've just been, <laughs> our heads have been uh, toyed with through uh, marketing and commercials to um, to think, uh, uh, I don't know, to not spend our money wisely. Think of even produce. You know how all the apples and everything, first of all, the apples are too big. How'd they get so humongous? Can't even eat. The apples, you know, shiny and all this stuff. Those are, this is all so our eyes, not our noses and our mouths, which are, our eyes are the one making these decisions about whether or not food is good. And <clears throat> we think good food is beautiful food. So then a misshapen piece of fruit, which might be delicious beyond belief, won't even make it onto the grocery shelf. So farmers actually plow ugly produce back into the ground. They let it rot. 
in the field. Stores throw out food constantly that is near or past this arbitrary date. And this is insane. So just saying, stop being a slave to these labels. They are, as you might have thought, close to meaningless. We have callers, and I'm sorry I didn't see that. Um, go ahead, caller. Go ahead. Hey, Lynn, it's Mike in Upper St. Clair. Mike in, wait a minute. Oh, yeah, yeah. right. You've been, I can't keep yeah. track of you. Okay, you're in Upper St. Clair. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so you stole You'll my always, joke. Now, wait was, a minute. I just want to say, I want to say, you'll always be Mike in D.C. to me. Aw, isn't that sweet? Um, but you stole my joke. You stole my joke. Oh. I was going to say, I have this kitchen device. Actually, I carry it with me everywhere that tells me if my food is good or bad. And that's called my nose. Your nose, right? <laughs> right? Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's my nose. And I never look at uh, is the milk good date. I open the thing. And if there's only a little left, I smell it. And then I pour it in the thing. I never look at those dates unless I'm at the grocery store. Ever. Because, you know, P.T. Barnum said it best. There's a sucker born every minute. Yeah. Well, I've been a big, big sucker. Now, I if you're, let's say, that. let's say you're at the produce section though, and you're buying, uh, let's uh, one of those already washed bags of lettuce. It does make some sense, right, to shuffle through them and get the ones with the right. Yeah, uh, in the store you know, I look earliest. Day. But at, yeah, in the store I look, and if at home. I get that bag and it's past the date, but it looks fine. I eat it. Uh, you know, uh, if you do get sick, by the way, all you're going to get is an upset stomach. You're not, yeah. it's not arsenic. It doesn't turn into arsenic <laughs> best buy, right? <laughs> you get an upset stomach. And you know how many, you know when that ha has happened to me in my life? At a restaurant. So if yeah, you that's think where you in did. a restaurant, right. If you think in a restaurant, they're looking at best served by date, right? And, prepare, yeah. and preparing your hand, preparing your food with gloves and whatever, you're insane. You have never worked at a restaurant, <laughs> ever. If it's not walking out of there or literally slimy, it goes on the plate. Yeah. It's, so no, it's true. And here's plate. the other thing. Here's the other thing. Um, if it's something like, okay, uh, I don't know, blueberries or strawberries or, or, or lettuce, you know, open it up. And if there's a few little pieces that have, you know, look a little, uh, throw those out and, and the rest is fine. Why are we so quick to toss perfectly good food? It's, it's criminal. It's insanity. We're raised in a culture that says any risk is too much risk. Right. Oh, there, yes. there could be yeah. something. Oh, there could be. Well, well, it could. Well, maybe. But how likely is it? Because it's a culture based. No, it's a consumer culture that has inculcated 
a constant state of anxiety and fear. And that's one of the things. Uh, that's one of the things that I'm, uh-oh, uh-oh, that could kill me. This could, uh, yeah, there's always this sense of uh, impending uh, doom. And you've right. got to be on your guard. And it's right. insane. All of it is so we will toss out perfectly good things and and spend more. I read an article yesterday about ticks, right? And I forget how many people get get the tick bite and have the Lyme's disease. I think it's like 5,000 a year or something. It's some small number, 50,000 a year. And then I think about the um, COVID vaccine, right? Where 600 yeah. people a year die, have died so far from it. But more people are upset about ticks, like ticks, 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 ticks. And I'm worried about ticks too. And if there was a vaccine, there is a vaccine for ticks, by the way, for Lyme disease. Um, but people can't get it because of anti-vaxxers, apparently. Um, but there's so much time and energy spent on the littlest thing that could possibly kill you, even though Lyme disease, if treated correctly, doesn't, that the big things are ignored. I know. By I know. We have no ability to, to assess risk. None. We are nuts. The riskiest thing is probably you do every day is get in your car. Right. Yep. It's not from but the lettuce because it's a little green. <laughs> <laughs> and Barbara has sent me this thing while we were talking about those expiration dates on, on the drugs, on pills we take. Right. It's just crapola. Well, I did. Can I tell um, you a quick story? Yeah. So I dated a doctor for a bit, and he got an allergic reaction walking through a field. So I went to the store. I got off work. I ran to the store. I got Benadryl. I took it to him. I gave it to him. And he was like, thank you. And he said, you know, there's this Benadryl that was expired under my sink, but I didn't want to take it. And I said, you made me do all of that, and you had Benadryl in the house. He was like, well, yeah, it's expired. I said, it doesn't turn into arsenic when it expires. It just has maybe, maybe less of a... Uh, Slightly less efficacy. Yeah. Right. Slightly less e efficacy. But here's the, here's the thing. What you should have told him is, well, the joke's on you because I just gave you some Benadryl that was <laughs> in my house. <laughs> right. And, That's uh, what I should have yeah, said. Yeah, it's, it's two years past the date. Right. And he said but, doctors um, are taught if it's a minute past, you cannot use it. That's just crazy. It doesn't turn into poison. You know what? I, I, I volunteered for a few years at uh, this nonprofit called Global Links, which takes um, excess medical stuff. God, hospitals throw out more stuff than you can imagine. Drugs and, 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 and other kinds of equipment and, and stuff. And we, we would repackage it, re put it together and it was sent to you know, poorer nations that were very happy to get the stuff that Americans throw out. And um and it did involve often expired pharmaceuticals because they're still okay. It, it's assumed that we throw out 
$765 billion a year of drugs. Billion with a B. That was a B. That's enough right there to tell Biden and that, that there we go, the infrastructure bill can pass if we just stop it. Stop it! And another public service announcement, do not put it down the toilet. That is correct. Because it infects the water supply that they can't get that out of there. Right. We're all taking birth control pills. That's right. Although if you have some Xanax, throw it down (laughs) because believe me, the country could use a big dose. Uh, That's exactly what my doctor said when I asked about (laughs) anti-anxiety medication. He said, if I had a choice, I would just put it in the water right now. Like fluoride. Put it in the water. I wrote a piece uh, for the Post-Gazette years ago, years, decades ago, saying that we needed to put, I think at the time it was, I said, Prozac in in the reservoir. I mean, that would be a better thing to do. This would be the happiest city in the world. Anyway. Hey, thanks. Well, you, uh, Mike. Sure. What? USD. Upper St. Clair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Bye. See Bye. Bye. Laura writes, if it doesn't smell bad or taste bad, it isn't expired. No matter what the hell that people, well, she did, that's me. It, it, the thing says, a bag of Tostitos is still good three months after the date on the bag. God, guys. Okay? Well, maybe we saved everybody a little bit of money today, but I really wanted to tell you that. Should I eat this yogurt now? See how it looks? I'll just take the top off, see how it smells. Actually, I already, I'm not hungry at the moment, but yeah. Oh, I think that smells like arsenic. <laughs> I'm not touching that. Okay, while we're on, um, is that my my callers? No? Yeah. Oh, the, the other caller got tired of waiting. I don't blame you a bit. I am notorious about uh, failing to see you're hanging there. And uh, and then even when I do know you're hanging there, still babbling away and, and not letting me in. So, um, oh, I just have to, there's a science book out that's getting a lot of attention. And maybe you've, uh, I don't know, this is the kind of person who would be on Terry Gross's show immediately. So I might be way behind you on this. But it's a book, the book is called The Joy of Sweat. Now I have to tell you, I hate to sweat. I find no joy in sweat. I, I can't stand sweating. And, um, but I just want to, from this, from this review, I just want to share one paragraph with you because it, it, it's, it was written for me because I might not like to sweat, but stop and think about how other animals have to deal with cooling their bodies down. Sweating is actually an extraordinary evolutionary 
creation. So, in fact, and this is interesting, scientists, proven, but scientists think that the fact that we can sweat allowed our Paleolithic ancestors to be able to go out in the heat of day to forage for food that didn't have expiration dates. They used their noses and their tongues. They were able in the heat of the afternoon to go out and forage while the animals that would normally prey on them couldn't because they had fur they didn't sweat and in the late in the afternoon they stayed in the shade okay okay so here is the appreciation for sweating because if you were let's see what are some of the animals if you were a seal and you were really hot, well, you know what seals do when they're really hot? They pee on themselves. Okay. Or if a bee gets really hot, it pukes on itself. I remember reading something about this just the other day. Storks. When you think of a stork, what do you think? One leg. <laughs> What's that about? Well, maybe it has something to do with this. I don't know. Because when a stork gets really hot, it defecates on its legs. So maybe the leg that's up is a leg they've used to def they defecated on and they're like sort of drying it out or something. I have no idea. But we luckily release sweat, which by the way, as the climate crisis grows and the weather becomes more and more humid, our sweating is not going to work as well because the higher the humidity, well, sweat doesn't evaporate. But as it is, we cool our bodies down because in a very easy way, a very passive act. Just saying. Something I came upon. Okay, let me get some of your emails in here. Henry says, I subscribe to a service called Misfits Market. Oh, my. And once every two weeks, I receive, via the United States Postal Service, a box full of fruits and vegetables that are too ugly or odd for stores. They, won't, they know they won't sell it. They don't want it. And Henry says, all this stuff is perfectly fine. And sometimes I get to try a fruit or vegetable I've never had before. Like recently, I was given some dragon fruit. The defects are minor, he says. Some are big, too big. Some are too small. Some have superficial flaws. But they are all fine. 
and the box I receive is remarkably cheap. Wow, now that's a great tip. Again, it's called Misfits Market. I'm checking that out. Misfits Market. You tell them they they should give you a free box uh, because you got them a bunch of new customers. Ruth writes, I learned during the pandemic that cleaning products have a date on them. What? I happen to use Clorox products and they expire a year after they are made. Well, yeah, because they want you to buy some more. (laughs) The manufacturing date, however, is in a code. To me, that's an anti-consumer action. Every time I saw Clorox during the pandemic, I bought it. I now have eight containers of various products that will expire in October. I will use them all up. And many pass their expiration. Yes. How crazy. Isn't that something? Well, good. If you use prescription drugs, the pharmacy that dispenses them has to put a date on it that says the product expires a year. Isn't that magical how all these pills you get uh, from the drugstore expire exactly one year after you got, got it? It's amazing that they all expire at the same rate. <laughs> Astonishing, really. Ruth says, I use many lotions and potions and they come in a box. I look at the product itself and go by the manufacturer's expiration date. It was generally long, long after what the pharmacy puts on the drug. I wouldn't even go by the damn manufacturer's date, Ruth. But, you know, who knows? Unbelievable. Do you feel played? You've been played. As Mike said, P.T. Barnum had it. We're all such suckers because we're scared. They scare you. Oh, I can't eat that yogurt. I will die. Oh, and here's Barbara. You shouldn't eat mold on bread or any bread from a loaf with visible spots. Well, looking at me, I survive. The mold roots can quickly spread through bread, though you can't see them. Eating moldy bread could make you sick. And inhaling spores may trigger breathing problems if you have a mold allergy, which, by the way, I do. I did just fine, though. Uh, I'm, I'm done with it. I am dying. I'm eating what's available. You know, if you read accounts of people who survive the most horrific situations, uh, you know, Holocaust survivors, and you find out what they lived on, or people who are, you know, missing because there's, you know, who knows what, they're in the wilderness, and they obviously eat whatever they can find and things they would never have eaten before. And lo and behold, they become survivors. All right. So I'm glad I finally shared that with you. And you guys had lots of good information. And I thank you. Misfits Market, I'm I'm checking that out for sure. For sure. 
what else? Oh, I want to take this moment to thank <clears throat> the uh, COVID uh, anti-vaxxer types, uh, the ones who are reluctant uh, or who haven't, because look what you have done. You know, I you have created, um, without a doubt, a second surge. And um, I hope you're happy. I really hope you feel a sense of great accomplishment. Great accomplishment. I want to thank the Republican Party, Fox News, and everybody else who thinks they know more than the scientists. God bless you all. And if people were as selfish, stupid, and self-centered as you all are back in the 50s, we'd all be worrying about getting polio still. What the hell is it you don't understand? Your risk assessment ability, this is what we've been talking about, risk assessment. Oh, will that food kill me? Oh, will that vaccine kill Your risk assessment ability is so out of whack, so lousy, so subpar, that not only are you risking your own lives, you're risking the lives of everybody around you. And in some cases, they don't. People around you might not be as lucky as you. We've got a surge now that is a pandemic for the anti for the people who haven't not gotten the vaccine. And I'm sure you've heard this uh, account by a doctor who says, you know, I've got I'm dealing with people now in the ICU who say to me, please, please, I'll g- can you give me the vaccine? Can you give me the vaccine? And the doctor has to say to them, it's too late. The vaccine was is to prevent you from getting the virus. You have the virus. It can't help you now. I want to thank you all. And then I want to thank the Federal Drug Administration. <clears throat> Because I don't understand what's going on with him. One of the reasons we're hearing that some people won't take it, drives me crazy, is because, well, it hasn't been approved by the FDA. It's only an emergency approval. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to be a guinea pig, and I'm not taking a vaccine that has got the total imprimatur of the Federal Drug Administration. Do you think they could maybe... Hurry up. Just this once. And I know they're saying by the fall. Fine. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, work on it and get that up. If another 10 million people will find the excuse they had disappear as a result and get vaccinated. And then explain to me how the FDA apparently rushed through leapfrogging over some of its uh, normal protocols to approve this Alzheimer's drug 
which doctors and researchers all over the place are screaming, don't give it to anybody. I wouldn't do this. This is not good. In fact, there was a unanimous decision by a council of senior FDA officials two months ago that said, there is not enough evidence to green light this drug. We don't have enough evidence here. <laughs> they green lighted it. So what's going on? What's going on at the FDA? The fix was in on that baby. That was, and you know, you want at a time when people are very quick to have no faith whatsoever in the workings of government, that's a hell of a way to give them more ammo. Being, oh, so careful in the middle of a pandemic. And as for Alzheimer's, what the hell? Apparently, Biogen, the company that makes it, must have friends in high places. Well, I, I have to tell you, I mean, it's interesting to see some of these Republicans uh, wising up now that the people who are dying are all their voters. So you see all of a sudden Stephen Scalise getting getting and saying, yeah, you got to do this. You got to do this because uh, I'm losing voters here. The Republican governor of Utah, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, accused uh, Fox News and other conservative talking heads of, quote, literally killing our supporters. <laughs> Oh, dear. Okay, and closer to home, I happened to mention the other day that Allegheny County had, like, really great numbers um, of vaccinate for vaccinations. But uh, guess what? This is from yesterday. Uh, Dr. Bogan, the uh, Allegheny County, County Health Director, um, has said there were... 70 new coronavirus cases on Monday of this week and 55 on Tuesday. And quick arithmetic says we're back into triple digits because that's 125 people in Allegheny County have contracted COVID. And this after we had dropped down last month to an average of 10 a day, new cases, 10. And now we're back. Well, this, this number is going to keep going up and up and up. And again, I want to thank all of you people in Allegheny County who are not vaccinated because this is on you. Dr. Bogan says this is a stark reminder that the virus is not done with us. Give the virus an opening and it will enter. 
She says the Delta variant in combination with many unvaccinated people is the has resulted in this new wave. And you can expect more people to start dying now. Man. Roger says anti-vaxxers must be unpatriotic and or hypocrites. They won't do their patriotic duty and are relying on others to take the risk. That is what they're doing. I can't believe it that they'll say to a vaccinated person, well, I uh, I am not satisfied with the, uh, you know, with the research that's been done. And uh, it's all too quick for me. And And they're talking to somebody who took the risk of getting vaccinated because they figured the risk of the vaccination was much less than the risk of COVID. And let me tell you something, those people made the right calculation. The anti-vaxxers are making the wrong one. And it's not just wrong for them. I don't really care about them, but they are killing other people by keeping this virus alive. And it is as simple as that. And Roger says a lot of these people won't get vaccinated because it isn't FDA approved. But these are the same folks who don't trust the government. So why would they be waiting for the FDA to sign off on it? If they hadn't noticed, that's the government. Just maddening. All right. Is there something a little lighter I can find here? Um, oh, I just wanted to share this with you. Uh, this has to do with the other. Oh, I have a caller. Oh, thank you. I'm glad I looked. Hello, caller. Hello. Hi. How you doing? Hey. Yeah, we're all suckers, okay. Lynn. For us thinking we eat fruits and vegetables, we'll live longer. Or we're drinking bottled water, which is in some cases worse than tap water. And the <laughs> pesticides in the fruit and vegetables and the organic ones. So we're with this notion of us thinking we can control how long we can live because we can eat fruits and vegetables and we can exercise and all that fun stuff when we go outside and breathe that shitty air. So it's all That's right. <laughs> it's crazy. It's just crazy. But on a serious note, I got Bigfoot living in my backyard. And, um, no, seriously. You got Bigfoot in your backyard. Yeah, he's leaning against a tree right now. I could see him. (laughs) No, we're serious. I bought a wood pattern and cut him out. He's one of those silhouettes. You know, those dark shadows. Used to see him years ago, like the guy with the pipe. One of those deals. Oh, no. When you first see it, it looks real. I mean, (laughs) what are you trying to do? Freak your neighbors out? They really can't see it. It's only more for money. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh but, uh, God. That's all. Whatever I got. But that fruits and vegetables okay. always gets me every time. Yeah. I might eat a candy bar. Really, get the same effect. Get some additives or what? pesticides. Take your choice. Whatever. Okay. 
Oh, you All right, you. If you could find one. Not quite. Okay, see you later. Oh, yeah, yeah. I like Clark okay. Bears. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Okay, thank you. Bye. Bye. Um, hey, I just want to say this about, you know, how the media is portraying this, you know, Pelosi's refusing to uh, accept uh, Jim Jordan and this other, uh, you know, idiot um, for the <clears throat> January 6th commission. <clears throat> Good for her. Good for her. Because they were obviously put on to uh, to make it into a clown show. And without them, it can actually get down to doing the business of finding facts. Um, the Republicans, say, people say that, oh, they've given the Republicans this gift. She's given them this gift because now they can say, well, it's just a Democrat. It's just a Democrat uh, report is totally, totally slanted and biased. No. They would have said that anyway. The reality is, is that initially the Republicans have been offered a 50-50 commission. They would be able to appoint half of the commission and Pelosi would have half the commission. And both sides would have subpoena power, totally bipartisan. And they turned it down. Because they don't want to have anything to do with this commission. Because they are essentially, many of them, aiders and abettors of the crime that is being investigated. Generally speaking, people who could be called as witnesses and, well, Kevin McCarthy's a big one right there. Um who should not have anything to do with a commission investigating the actual crime. So again, thank you, Pelosi, because now they can get down to business, if only for the historical record, and tell the truth about what happened with the crowd that I understand Donald Trump the other day called a loving, a loving crowd. Incredible. Sorry. Oh, and Barbara has sent me this. It's a tweet from Dan Rather. How old is Dan Rather? And he's tweeting away. He got to be, what, upper 80s? So, Dan Rather had a, a, a cute and, uh, uh, wait a minute, uh, tweet. I'm sorry, I was trying to, sorry. You can tell when I'm like, uh, I'm trying to read something as I'm talking about something else and look at me. Okay, so never mind. Okay, Dan Rather's tweet. Stay focused here. The space race of the 1960s was fueled by American taxpayers. This space race is fueled by non-tax payers. There it is. And one of the reasons they have so much money that they can build rockets and have fun and go into space and all that is because 
they haven't paid the millions upon millions upon millions upon millions of dollars in taxes that they should have. Simple as that. Uh, just let me make sure I'm, oh, here's another doozy. Listen to this. Boy, I'm glad Susan got out of that damn state. Misery. The Missouri legislature, well, a, a committee, a legislative committee this week held a hearing on how educators teach K through 12 students about race. And racism. Guess what? Everybody invited to testify was white. Ah, <laughs> uh, there weren't any black teachers, no black scholars, no black students, no black parents. Yes. We are looking into how our schools teach about race. So let's show one of the big problems about race in this country by only allowing white people to testify. Invitation only. The Joint Committee on Education, State of Misery. God Okie doke. And hang on, I got, okay. And my final thing, and this is to leave you with a little bit more of a, well, this is like not nightmare stuff. It's just eye rolling, groaning stuff. And of course it comes out of California. Although, no, wait, I think there's some of this in New York as well. Coastal. Uh, turns out that the latest amenity in high-end condos and um, apartments that are being built, I mean, we're talking, you know, where it costs, uh, well, here, here's one. Uh, this is in LA, and the condo prices at this development start at $3 million. Dollars. Okay, just so we understand that you are not particularly in the market. But this condo thing, which claims the largest living wall in America, there are 18 condos in this development. And among all of the usual amenities, I mean, I'm talking serious amenities, it would be expected for three mil. This is the new one that's being added. A spiritual concierge. Yes. You know, I don't know how I've managed to live this long without a spiritual concierge. By the way, thank you, Kevin. Uh, Dan Rather is 89. Wow, good for him. Yes, a spiritual concierge who can set residents up with 
anything they need for their spiritual comforts from and i it, it, the two things they mentioned here i don't even know what they are uh, i have gotten through the lion's share of my life without ever needing a full moon intention ceremony what the heck is that a full moon you know excuse me but i have to have a full moon intention ceremony i don't think i can go another day and then after it i want a sound bath what the hell is a sound bath at 8600 wilshire boulevard in beverly hills there will be a monthly spiritual experience on site tied to lunar cycles. There'll be a cacao ceremony. Good God in heaven. You can even get into edgier things like mushroom microdosing. That one I might I might say, hey, uh, I'll give that a try. All right, I guess that's uh, it. And Barbara's telling me that uh, Dan Rather has a talk show on Sirius XM. Um, and she says, if you got Sirius XM, channel 127 is progressive talk. And I guess that's where he is. So there it is. Dan Rather, 89, and still out there. God bless him. All right, you guys, I'm going to go eat this expired yogurt and uh, pray for me. That's all I can say. And I'll uh, I'll see you all, well, manner of speaking, uh, on Monday. Have a good, safe, palatable weekend. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Thursday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers. <laughs>